Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast to the gold standard, welcoming a gold medal winner from Team USA here. Jack, are you excited? I am more than excited, Rex. And the best thing about it is she's right here in our backyard. You'll get to meet her. That's coming up next, episode 13. This is On Your Sidelines. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bringing in everybody, welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast, episode 13. I'm sports director Rex Castillo, joined by weekend sports anchor Chad Patterson. Guys, it's time for our t-shirt check before we get into our golden guest. I'm rocking the Auburn Tigers. That football team, Jack, is something special with Keith Etheridge, blowing out people 45-0 in their first game, taking a great game against uh, Opelika, a close one, a two-point win. 16-14. Who are you rocking today, Jack? I am rolling with the Brookstone Cougars, who are coming off two big wins to start off the year. They beat Calvary Christian. They put up 70 in that game. Yeah. And then they uh, beat Walker last week 40 to nothing. So the Cougs are off to a really good start. And listen, they got a big one coming up this week against FPD. We'll see how they do uh, over and make it against the Vikings. But Rex... We have an incredible guest today. Like I said, the gold standard here now on your sidelines. Please welcome gold medal winner winner in the uh, women's skeet event, Amber English. Lieutenant Amber English, thank you for joining us, ma'am. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, again, just congratulations on the win. It's been about a month, so has it sunk in yet? Uh, yeah, it's, it's sunk in now. <laughs> At first it wasn't, but now now we're there. So I understand that you come from a family of marksmen, uh, your mom, your mom, your aunt, your father, your uncle, mm -hmm. just so you grew up in this. Was it just destined for you to be a marksman or just have a rifle in your hand from the very beginning? You know, I started shooting around the age of six. That's when I was kind of exposed uh, to guns and gun safety and stuff like that. And it started with, you know, the backyard shooting of the cans type <laughs> of thing. <laughs> And then, you know, I actually grew up doing gymnastics, so my childhood and uh, young teenage years, I did gymnastics, and and then I decided I wasn't going to pursue that in college, and, and shooting was a whole lot less painful. I mean, she's <laughs> she's technically right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, when was, when did, when in your childhood or maybe in your uh, collegiate career, did you kind of realize that this is what you wanted to do for a living? You know, uh, I started as a junior through the junior programs of shooting, and then I think once you get that little taste of success, you're like, you decide if that's something you really want to pursue. And I, uh, you know, come from a very competitive background and everything, and so I just said we'll stick with it and see what happens. Does this finally put it to rest that you're the best shooter in the family? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we all shoot different games, so... Yeah, I'm the best shotgun shooter because I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a feeling, though, like you still have that one cousin who's like, you know, I could do that better than yeah, you. It's probably. the gold medal. My brother would probably say that, so yeah. Oh, Again, it's the gold medal, <laughs> yeah, y'all. Exactly. I mean, she only beat everybody in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So looking back into your little history, uh, in 2006, at 17 years old, you start competing in women's skeet. I mean, at 17, you're barely figuring, I was barely figuring out how to not be a knucklehead. Yeah. So you're well ahead of the curve. But what was that like competing at such a young age uh, in that event? You know, I actually got a later start compared to a lot of the people I shot Ooh. with. Yeah, they, they shot as younger kids and then kind of went up through the program. So, um, you know, one of the things that gymnastics helped me out was with, you know, hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. So the learning curve was pretty steep, but I managed fine. <laughs> So you talk a little bit more about your gymnastics, gymnastics background. How did that kind of prepare you, you know, besides the hand-eye coordination, how did that kind of prepare you for what is now your career? 
you know, I think it definitely taught me discipline and hard work and and uh, being aware of your body and what you're capable of, and then you know, learning how to control your nerves. It's it's very different, and uh, it's less of a physical sport in shooting, but it, it definitely taught me a lot. Moving on, then again, so you you go on through here. The competition must like iron sharpens iron at that <laughs> point. So you try out for 2012 and 2016. Come up a little short. How did you stay focused through all that? And I'm sure that must have been disappointing. Yeah, you know, I wasn't as competitive in 2012, so it wasn't so much of a letdown. But 2016, you know, uh, I was just short of it, and I uh, kind of had to come to Jesus meeting with myself and and decided if if this is something I really wanted to pursue for another four years which ended up being five with a delay. Right. Um, and so I said, you know, I really have some unfinished business there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it everything I have. And I joined the Army, and here we are. So, again, to join the <laughs> Army is, is one route, Jack. So, but go yes. ahead, man. So, and that actually kind of leads into my next question is, you know, how did, you know, I know you were shooting beforehand, but how did it kind of lead you into the Army? Yeah, so I was shooting as a civilian in Colorado Springs, and the cool thing about Colorado Springs is I grew up right outside of Fort Carson, and Colorado Springs is also known for being Olympic City, USA. So there's a big military and Olympic blend there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely grew up around it all. Um, I was training and traveling with a lot of people from the Army Marksmanship Unit while I was a civilian. So I was able to talk to them through the years, and I kept telling them, no, 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 I'm not joining the Army. And then and then uh, they finally got me after 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> One of the, the recruiters are yeah. relentless. Yes. But for you to, to raise your hand and, mm-hmm. you know, make that commitment to the, to the military, I know it was, it's a really big moment for people to raise your hand and say, you know, I'm willing to protect the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? You know, I joined a little later. So I was 27. I, I worked as a paramedic in Colorado for a long time. So I just said, you know, you know, I, I think I'm too old to join the military. Sure. You know, I'm not 17, 18, uh, trying to start another career. But, you know, one of the things I learned is that the military has so many opportunities for everybody. Everything, every interest, anything you could want. If you want to go to school, um, start a new job or a new passion, they'll teach you. So um, I, one of the things I regret is maybe not joining a little earlier, honestly. Go ahead. go ahead, no, go ahead, Rick. I, I was about to say, I actually had a similar path. I served in the Army National Guard and helped me get into this mm-hmm. career path as well. Out of all things, join the military to <laughs> yeah. get here. Um, but, you know, thank you again for, for serving our country. Well, thanks for your service, too. Well, you know, she, she <laughs> did a little bit better than me with a, with a gold medal. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite MRE since you joined? None of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Any of them. No, actually, you know, I eat meat and everything, but the vegetarian ones seem to taste okay. the best. I was about to say, that is the sneaky, really, really yes. good one. I, I don't know why, because if you get anything like meatloaf, that's when you yeah. know you're in trouble. Or anything. Yeah. Chili is like, it never gets no. hot. No. Good days of the MREs. There's nothing <laughs> I would actually like crave out of an MRE, <laughs> but when you're really hungry, it, it works. But yeah, the vegetarian ones and what's funny is like when you start trading for desserts you get yeah. like the, you get the m&ms from like 1994 yeah, exactly <laughs> they don't know dude they lose all their color eventually yeah. it's it's amazing this is an education for me, okay <laughs> because you know I, I i've never you know i've had family who's been in the military but i've never personally you know done it so this is all education for me <laughs> when it comes to the mres but back to you and your career. So <laughs> let's uh, the, you get to the world championship team, get a bronze in 2018. Mm-hmm. So now did you feel like, okay, now I'm getting to the right place? Yeah, you know, I would just kept trying to build and build and build off of every competition. And even through the failures, you try to take, you know, teachable moments out of everything and just build your toolbox. And then 
here we are several years later. It worked out. And one thing I've kind of learned being around the rifle community over the last few months leading into the Olympics is that the competitive nature of everybody is absolutely incredible. (laughs) So I know you said that you, you yourself are very competitive, but when you're dealing with so many other people who are just, you know, have that same competitive itch as you do, you know, and they're all going for the same goal. How do you, you know, keep stay focused and, you know, try to put yourself at, you know, better than them. Cause I, that's, that's a lot of people you're trying to beat at the same time. Yeah, you know, I hope it doesn't come off cocky, but I would say the people that are the loudest and talk the loudest are usually the people you don't have to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, I just, it's, keep it as friendly and as civil as possible, and and competition is good, and if you want to do better, go out and be better and do what it takes. Um, I've learned a lot from everybody through the years, and I, I definitely value all the lessons they've taught me through the years. What is practice like for you? How many hours are you out there? Because I, I'm sure, like, again, the grind of, like, you know, football practices are, are glorified on hard knocks or things like that. I'm sure with you, though, how long are you out there, and what does a typical practice session look like for you? You know, it's really it's up to the individual, and we're all self-motivated, and what somebody else needs isn't necessarily what I need, and right. vice versa. So uh, one of the cool things is that they gave us a lot of flexibility um, with the pressure of knowing if we don't perform, then we have another job to find. Um, but you know, I have been shooting for a long time, so I kind of went into this as more of a, a quality versus quantity type of thing. Gotcha. Um, some days, you know, mentally you just have to grind it out and force yourself to shoot a lot. And I was shooting over 500 shells a day. And then other times, you know, I was trying to mimic a competition where I could only shoot 75 and I was trying to make it as perfect as possible. So, uh, we had to get really creative leading up to this Olympics You know, a lot of our our competitions got canceled, and that's kind of our checks and balance part. You know, when we shoot a competition, we can see how our training is working. So, we, you know, that was taken away, but we were able to come up with a lot of cool things in Fort Benning to to mimic that. You say 500 shells (laughs) a day. (laughs) And see, and that also leads up to my next question. So, you know, with you, you know, you mentioned that you were – ready to go after 2016, and then everything gets delayed by a year. How did that impact you, and what was your mindset going through all of this? You know, are are we going, are we not? You know, are trainings pushed back? You know, qualifications are pushed back. Mm -hmm. You know, what was your mindset going through all that? It was hard. I wouldn't even lie to you. That was so hard, and I, I think I share that with everybody else in the world who's, like, had no idea what was going on or what was next. Um. But, yeah, we had some time off the range where we were quarantined and stuck at home. I uh, I did a lot of yard work and <laughs> stuff to, like, <laughs> stay busy. Um, but, you know, we just had to really believe that the Olympics were, you know, was going to still happen. And when we got back to the range, we had to, you know, kind of play mental games with ourselves to stay motivated and ready if it happened. I was going to ask, so what is Lieutenant English like during quarantine? Is it a lot of Netflix? <laughs> is it a lot of reading? You know, I had just bought a house, and so I was redoing the backyard, and uh, a few of my teammates and I learned how to build an outdoor kitchen. Nice. And I probably will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did a lot of yard work and moved rock and everything, so I was able to use the time pretty well. I was about to say, at least you didn't fall down, like, the Tiger King hole <laughs> a little too much. Oh, I, I definitely get, watched that. See, there you go. <laughs> 
I mean, that got everybody. That got everybody. We had a Tiger Tiger King themed Halloween, and I actually painted my dog as a tiger, and he was a tiger for like six months. That poor, poor animal. He was fine. He was was living his best life. (laughs) He was totally fine. Oh, that's so great, though. It was like six months. (laughs) Six months. Um, But again, so you you get the tag that you will be on Team USA. Yeah. That moment. To, to go from 2016 as an alternate to not even be included in 20, what was that like for you? You know, it was just, a, it was a lot of pressure. Uh, so our Olympic trials is two, twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one uh, in t- 2019 and the last part of it was 2020 in March. So March 9th was when the team was announced. And I knew, you know, I come from a unit in Colorado Springs. Uh, it's called the World Class Athlete Program. And it was known that if you don't make the Olympic team, you're cut within 30 days. Wait, what? Yep. Wow. So there's a lot of pressure behind sports that a lot of people don't know about that it, it is, you know, it's not do or die. You're not going to lose your sure. life. But when it comes to finding a new life, it is very a lot of pressure. So I just took that and said, I'm going to use it and I'm going to be on this team and we're going to do it. And I committed to it. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, it was it was a huge relief to make that team. And I'd worked. I have never worked as hard for anything. So. I was really glad that it, it paid off. What was it like working in the, with your peers who were also like in that situation as well? I didn't realize there was that much pressure. Yeah. Well, so I, I came from a different unit, Fort Carson. I'm attached to the Army Marksmanship okay, gotcha. Unit. So a lot of those guys don't have that um, deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But since I came as an officer, that was kind of the stakes that we were playing with from the beginning. And I knew it going into it, and it, it paid off. <laughs> Even still to say yes is absolutely insane. So okay, again, <laughs> yeah. congrats. I'm glad Thanks. it all worked out. Yeah. What was it like balancing a military schedule with what you had to do to qualify for Team USA? You know, you just kind of have to take it day by day. And, and I, sometimes I still struggle with that because a lot of it, it's easy to get overwhelmed with everything. And so finding the balance and then, you know, just cr- controlling the things that you can control. And that's really all you can do. One thing I've kind of noticed so far in our conversation is that, th- you know, especially when you went into the military, is that you bet on yourself. And, you know, what was going through your mind kind of like, you know, right before, you know, you decided to enlist, knowing that, you know, what the stakes were going to be? Yeah, you know, it's just a go big or go home (laughs) type of thing. You know, it's I've done it the other way. I just come up shy. And so it's like, you know, maybe this is a different step that I need to take to put me in a different category. So. It, it really is just do or die and make it happen. And if you work really hard and use the resources that you're provided, then, you know, good things can happen. For me, the, that's kind of what I took away from my military experience as well, yeah. is that, like, literally a focus and a determination is what the military gives you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Here's the goal. Work hard. <laughs> go it. get it. Yeah. Is, exactly. And it, it, it seemed like that's the attitude. Yep. Do you, are you thankful for that in your, in your military experience? I am. You know, I've been, it, I just say like you have a toolbox and you take tools from everything and just make your own, uh, you know, customizable toolbox. And they've definitely provided a whole different aspect to my life that I wouldn't have as a civilian. So it's been I mean, awesome. I mean, <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Still blown away by it. Yeah. So traveling to Tokyo, not not a short trip, and nope. especially in COVID in, during the delay, what was that like? Oh, that was, uh, I have had more nasal swabs oh than God. I ever <laughs> want to have in my entire life ah. after this, but it was well worth it now. Um, yeah, we had to get corona testing 96 hours and 72 hours before our flight, and then we went to the airport and everything masked up, ready to go. Um, that was probably the weirdest part was wearing a mask for that long for mm. that many days. 
Um, and then, uh, s- yeah, we had a series of flights. I went to Chicago and then Chicago to Japan. Um, and then once we landed, we had about five hours in the airport. They had us download all these tracker apps and everything on our phone. Um, they're very tech savvy over there, <laughs> <laughs> like to the extreme. Um, and then we got a COVID test in the airport. And once that cleared, then we were able to go to the Olympic Village from there. So after all that, you know, the, the journey to get there, you get to the Olympic Village. What was going through your mind? As you, you know, you, you're finally there. You're at the Olympics out there. Everything you've been through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was insane. I, I was talking to some of my other teammates. I don't know, uh, Vincent Hancock, he won his third gold that trip, too. Mm-hmm. He's one of my really dear friends. And we were like, man, this just doesn't feel real. Until, until we're on our way to Japan, this is not happening. So once it, like, it just kind of snowballed from there. I just felt like a deer in the headlights when I got there, like, it really is happening. You know, we had the faith that it would, but you just didn't really believe it until you saw it. But it was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy experience just to see everybody across the world who was dealing with the same situation as you are. So, um, yeah, it was a very humbling experience. And kind of to piggyback off of that as well, you're, you got the opp- did you get the opportunity to walk in the opening ceremony? I did, yeah. What uh, was that experience We had like? a choice because um, the next day was my official training, and then the two days after that was the competition. So – they were like, hey, we know you guys are going to be tired. We don't recommend it. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. So <laughs> It's the Olympics, we'll man. Tired. It's the opening ceremony. Fine. You know, we're tired and jet lag. Who cares anymore? <laughs> um, and so then, uh, yeah, it was it was really crazy just to see one of my teammates. She turned 20. Um, and so I waited until we were, like, in the middle of the tunnel and then had all of Team USA sing her happy birthday to embarrass that her. Is that's <laughs> awesome. And we filmed it, and she was so mortified that I – I think she'll remember that forever. I mean, sure. I mean, there's one way to say happy birthday, <laughs> yeah. right? Just to bring that in. We had to the wait until the middle of the tunnel where it would, like, echo really bad. The <laughs> entire Team USA yeah. delegation saying yeah. happy birthday to yeah. you. I'm sure the rest of the world is like, what are the yeah, Americans doing? Yeah, we got doing? so loud. It was <laughs> awesome. Walking I around the Olympic it. Village, though, do you ever get starstruck walking by any athletes or anything like that? You know... There were, I mean, basketball was there, everything. You're like, oh, that's super cool. But, you know, we're athletes too. And so we're all different uh, different walks of life and everything. And so, you know, I think all of us just admire all the hard work that it goes in to just get there. So it was pretty crazy. I saw some of the tallest people I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life at the Olympic Village. I'm just like, I felt like a dwarf. <laughs> so that, I thought that was really cool, though, that there is such a mutual respect mm-hmm. I- in the Olympic Village because everyone understands what it takes to get there. Yeah. And did you, for, for your sport to get that the, the spotlight, at least for a day there, was that really cool to see other yeah, athletes come up to you and say, you know, give you respect? That was awesome. You know, we'd come back from an event and then, you know, go into the elevator and people, like, recognize you, like, oh, my God, good job. And, like, oh, I didn't even know you didn't recognize our sport. You know what I mean? So it was really cool and a cool moment for USA shooting. That that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> so when you get to the range, you know, for the first time, you know, did, did it did it like really sink in? Like you know, it's here. The competition's finally here. Yeah. You know, and you know what was going through your mind at that point? I like the deer in the headlight thing is just the best <laughs> way to <laughs> describe the whole Olympic experience. Um. You know, but I grew up around the Olympic movement, everything in Colorado Springs. And, you know, my tactic was to kind of get there and try to remove the rings out of it because it's so easy to feel the pressure and, like, 
this is the biggest event of your life. This is the biggest stage, blah, blah, blah. And it just compounds and, and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I just tried to look at the range and was like, oh, that's cool. Wow, I like the paint. You know, like whatever. <laughs> it was bright purple and pink. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. It's like a Barbie range, you know, like. <laughs> You know, we don't have that on Fort Benning, so I just I just tried to take the Olympic movement out of it and just look at it like it was a normal range and go from there. Was there a point to, as as you get through the competition and names start to, to drop out and, and you're still standing, like, okay, this is going really well for me. But I, as you said, like, you got to try and keep it normal, but was there ever a moment like, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to yeah. be the top three. You know, it, uh, it was just such a battle. Um, anytime that we, I knew that I had trained so hard for this, like I said, I try not to come off as cocky, but I had trained Dude, so Dude, you won hard. the gold medal. You can yeah, be as cocky as you want. Exactly. Just, You've earned it. It's just how, you know, mentally how I processed it all. As I said, I had trained so hard for this that even if my B game shows up, it's still going to be enough to win. Love it. So I showed up, and the first day I struggled a little bit, and it was my B game, but I set myself up in a position where I was in seventh place. And, you know, uh, going into the second day, you only have to make top six, and it starts over. Mm -hmm. So it worked out really, really well. And then I was able to crawl my way up to third place to get into the final, which is a perfect position to be in. Um, you want to obviously have the highest qualification, but if you're the first shooter, then there's a lot of stuff you have to deal with, you know, with the refs and timing yeah. and everything else. It's uncontrollable. So I was very happy to go in third place and then just keep fighting my way through it. Diana Bacosi is also mm -hmm. towards there. So when you were in the top three, and then she's there too, obviously the defending world champ. Was that how was it exciting, exhilarating that you get to compete with her at this stage of the competition? Yeah, she was actually the defending gold medalist from Rio okay, uh, gotcha. in sixteen. So, you know, uh, the Chinese shooter who went in number one, she grabbed the bronze, and that was. You know, all respect to them, too. But I was very relieved to see her go. <laughs> okay, and fine. That's taken yeah. care of. Woo. You know, I, it was a, a huge relief when the other three were knocked down. We knew we had a medal. So I just walked over to my coach and gave him the biggest pound it. And then we kept going. Oh. And you could just see, like, the pressure get off of him. And I'm like, okay, I can't look at you anymore. <laughs> you know, like, I still have, you know, I still have 20 more to do. And so then... Um, the uh, Chinese shooter took the bronze, and I kind of just another talk with myself. I said, you know what? Today is not the day where I'm going to listen to the Italian national anthem. <laughs> like, no, nope, we're going to get it done. Like, what do I have to do to break this next target? And I just, it was kind of kind of scary, actually, how to make yourself do what you want to do at that high level. And then, you know, she gave me one, and I was like, okay, you keep focusing. And then when she gave me another one, I was like, Ball game is over. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, so. so the moment when you knew you had the goal, take us take us to Tokyo. What did it feel like yeah. knowing that you have, you know, defeated everybody, that you got gold, that you've won gold for Team USA? Yeah, so the last station we had four targets to shoot. So you shoot one double, and then you turn around and shoot the other double. And so I knew, you know, I shot behind Diana. And so when she shot her first station and cleared it, I knew if I hit the first two, I was tied. And if I hit one more, then I won gold. So I shot the first two, and I was like, okay, we're tied. And then I was like, all I have to do is see one. And so I uh, saw the pink smoke break, and then it was like I just forgot how to shoot. <laughs> I missed I missed the last target. My uh, It should have been a 57 instead of a 56. But, you know, we did our, we did our job, and... I just remember taking my shells out and being like, oh, my God, what is next? Like, 
I cannot believe this match is over. It was just such a huge lead up with all the delays and cancellations. Like it was just an instant weight off my shoulders. A really cool moment too was Diana kind of congratulating yeah. you. You guys kind of had a private moment. If for what you can yeah. share, uh, wh- what was that conversation like? It was just she said, "Congrats, champ!" Like you know, I said, "Good shooting," and we just both respect each other so much at that level. And you know, Italy is our biggest rival in shooting, so it was. It was awesome for all of our coaches and their coaches and everything for us to both be successful. And she unsuccessfully defended her title. <laughs> so, I, you know, she's a great competitor. They're they're all very fierce. And uh, I was just super happy for it to pay off. And it, oh, go ahead. And it does pay off. Yeah. You, you get your gold medal. You know, you go back to your team. You know, just the celebration is on. You know, how do you – now, granted, I don't know if you could have celebrated the way you would have, you know, (laughs) in a non-COVID time, but how did you celebrate immediately afterwards? Um, They made us change. We had to do doping control, so you're practically stripping down and and, uh, going through doping control, and then – That's how you celebrate. Yep, we had to put our award suit on and and do that, and then we went straight to do media. So (laughs) I didn't get home. I mean, I was like, man, all I want is a shower right now. (laughs) (laughs) We were disgusting. Um, and so, yeah, video, I mean, the range was so hot because they didn't have grass or concrete or anything. It was just black tarps. Brutal. So it felt like Fort Benning with heat coming from under your feet, too. So it was just like a convection oven, really. Wow. Well, at least uh, you're training uh, in the south, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what? Wow, this does feel like Fort Benning. I'm like, going to say you have baking. practice. Yeah, I'm <laughs> baking to death right now. But, yeah, we definitely had that leg up being in the heat. Uh, what was it like? hearing the national anthem plays after you received your gold medal it was just such an honor and a privilege to represent the usa and that you know we wear usa on our back in red white and blue and everybody is so patriotic there at the olympics you know they're only wearing their colors to go eat and stuff like that so to be able to do that and as an army you know member it was just kind of i can't even put it into words it's just such an honor and a privilege to do what we do Seems really surreal. And then, you, of yeah. course, you, you do the traditional bite the metal. Yep. What was that like? Just yeah, to, to I have was that like, around oh, you. is this going to taste like COVID or <laughs> like whatever? You know, <laughs> we're doing it. I don't care anymore. Oh, my God. Um, we, the scary part was that we had to do COVID testing every single day. So mm. mentally, it was kind of, you know, it just felt like you were gambling because you're like, well, what if today is the day that it comes up positive and I can't compete? And um, so that was rough. But once we got there and I was able to bite the metal and everything, I'm like, I don't even care. You know, like, <laughs> I'm <done>. me home. <laughs> yeah. Put me in quarantine. I don't care. <laughs> so, I got a gold medal. Keep yeah, me company. It's exactly. totally fine. Man, that's to awesome. S- to see the gold medal count go up again, you contributed to that. But, you know, you win the gold. What was? Did you get – were you able to call home? I know it must, must have been funky oh, hours. Oh, yeah. My mom was the first one to make sure <laughs> that I talked to her. You know, uh, one of the guys in USA shooting rushed up and gave me the phone. It was my mom. So, yeah, I was able to – You know, I couldn't uh, talk on my phone for several hours, but, you know, as soon as I didn't get back to the village until, like, 1 Mm a.m. Wow. So by the time 1 a.m. was happening, then all the other family members, everything was, you know, they were waking up in the States. And so, yeah, I was up for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, But hearing all your family, your Mm -hmm. friends, and, and again, I'm sure fellow soldiers as well, to, to hear them just pour their support and love into you, what was that like? You know, it was awesome. I think, you know, you believe in yourself, but to have that many other people support you and believe in you too is just unbelievable. Um, and, you know, all I could say back was that we did it. It wasn't just myself. And, 
you know, although it's an individual sport, it really does take a team of people to make stuff happen. And, you know, you know I was just, it was unbelievable. Knowing that, you know, you are going down in history for U- Team USA shooting as an Olympic gold medalist, that's part of your legacy now, and nobody can take that away from you. You know, what what does that make you feel? You know, like I said, it's just such an honor and a privilege. And, you know, I just hope through this whole process that I can share my experiences and hopefully someone can learn something from that and apply it to their own lives and whatever they want to do, even outside of sports. You know, I told somebody earlier, if I had a dollar for every piece of unsolicited advice that I got through the years, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily be where I'm at right now. And so, you know, you just have to take, you know, your dream and your passion and make it your own and you're on your own timeline and, I didn't finish college in four years. I, I was doing other stuff. So, you know, kind of make your own timeline and just follow your heart. It's really amazing. I mean, you, you come back now to the U.S. from Tokyo. What was the flight back from Tokyo like as a gold medal winner? <laughs> you land in the U.S., you land back home. What's the first thing you have? You know, some of my uh, teammates were like, Amber, you should really try to upgrade to first class. I'm like, no way. I don't care where I sit. I want to sleep. Like, I just, I have to use this flight to (laughs) sleep. Like, I don't even care. I wouldn't even enjoy first class because I'm in pain. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I uh, landed in San Francisco. We had a run to our connecting flight. As you, as as flights work that way. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I was already going to land in Atlanta in the beginning at like 1130 at night. So I knew if I missed that flight, we were over. Um, And I knew other people were planning stuff at home. So I was like, telling people we have to make this flight I don't care what you have to do it was united like we have to get on this plane and so uh, we went from San Francisco to Denver and my mom and brother actually surprised me in Denver my mom had like two gates of people just rally and had signs and craziness I love it (laughs) so I got off I got off the plane and uh, people were screaming and (laughs) I was like oh my god I am so, jet lagged. I'm yeah, tired. Like, I'm oh, happy. So it begins. And so um, <laughs> they actually jumped on my flight to Atlanta. And then as soon as I got to Atlanta, all my teammates uh, from the Army Marksmanship Unit showed up. That's Same awesome. thing, screaming and baggage claim and everything else. And they rented a party bus. So we had a party bus from midnight. It started at midnight back. Actually, it was probably later than that. By the time we got all our bags, I mean, I flew back with four bags and a gun case. Um, and so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a very late night. <laughs> Gold medalists do whatever the bleep they want, well, y'all. They, you know, they were fortunate enough. We had the support that they gave uh, several hours off for the other soldiers the next day. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really awesome to have everybody celebrate. The delirium was real the next day. Oh yeah. And then, you know what? I, I live in a neighborhood in, in Phoenix city and they had all of my neighbors. I didn't even really know them that well. Cause I was gone before, right. but they uh, stayed up, so I had a, a lot of, you know, even older people in my yard at, like, 2 a.m. just yes. to say congrats and everything. I'm like, this is so crazy. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so special. To have all that support, yeah. that just seems amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure an exhausting congratulations. Yeah. So the sleep after all of this must have been just been legendary. Oh, right? you know, I was so jet-lagged, so that was – I flew back on a Thursday night, um, and then – my family and everybody, they planned a huge party at my house on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made it until about 1 a.m. on Saturday, and then I slept for, like, 18 hours. Nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I could not go any longer. So, yeah. yeah I, I went into hibernation after that. 
what does the family support mean to you? Because, again, they've been with you since six on this journey. But mm-hmm. to, to bring this back, to kind of show like, hey, look, this is what our our work did together. Because, as yeah. you said, it takes a team of people. Yeah. To share this with your mom, your aunts, your uncles, and everybody, and your brother, too, what was that like? You know, it's just they've uh, had to deal with the insanity for so long <laughs> that it's just kind of like, yeah, we did it, and we persevered, and we pushed through it. And, you know, they're the people that I've leaned on when I've had my worst moments and best moments. So, it was really cool to just bring it back and slam it on the table <laughs> and be like, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the gold medal at now? Right here in my pocket. Oh, let's go. Yes. <laughs> I figured you guys would all see it. Dude, I, I would, I would, I'm surprised you didn't walk with it, with <laughs> it on. That's amazing. Yeah, oh my, that thing is heavy. Look it. at that. That is incredible. Hey, Jack, go ahead and hold, hold it, man. Oh, ah, man. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this thing is. This thing is heavy. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take the picture on so the podcast. So the front is always the same, and then the back is what they change um, okay, for so each of the so, the... so the front is like this. Yep. That's now we're all nerding out. <laughs> yes, no, very much so. That's and then it has the, to- yep. the Tokyo uh, 2020 logo. And they decided to keep it 2020. Right. And then if you go to the edge of the medal in the very front, that's where it has your event. So oh, that's yes. kind of new. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. we are totally there nerding out and doing no, all the stuff. Very together. much, very much so. We'll do some more at, yeah. off, off the air. Here you go, Red. <laughs> As you should always walk with this thing is heavy. I know. Yeah, that that is not light at all. No. Oh my gosh, this is. I, I mean, when I grabbed it off the thing, I was like shocked myself. Like, oh my yeah, God. I would have been shocked too. You could hurt somebody with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and steal it. Just throw this yeah, at their exactly. head. Exactly. I mean, this is this is absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, for no problem. And the ribbon is actually on the inside of it, which is really unique too for yeah, that medal. Mi- oh, nice! On where the it attaches yeah. to the medal, it's on the inside. It's on of the inside. Oh, yeah. so it's all yeah. So that's kind of a different thing with this. Again, if the, anyone at the family reunions wants to argue about who's the best shooter, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put this on and just exactly. sit yeah. here. Exactly. <laughs> We're all so different. It, it, that, that is. Yeah, you can inc- hold it. That is incredible. So. You're back home now. You, you it's kind of set in for you that you're an Olympic champion. So I gotta ask, what's next? That's a million dollar question right now. Um, you know, I leave in two weeks uh, to shoot our national championships, um, and then I'm trying to process off, you know, to get off of active duty, and then uh, I they take the top 12 of every year across the world and they invite them to this really special competition mm-hmm. and it's called world cup finals. So that'll be in Cyprus in October. So we get to duke it out again, but this time they, they uh, have these big glass globes. They're like huge mm-hmm. glass globes and uh, it has a world etched into it and everything. So mm-hmm. that's what I got to get next. I say so that's the next. big one. Got to ma- yeah. make room in the trophy yeah, case. I have li- this. So they have, you know, top three gets the glass globes and I have a small one, but I want, I want the of course you want the big one. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yes. That'll look real nice on my coffee table yeah, in my house. Exactly. It's going to look real nice yes. right next to that gold medal. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> so that'll be through October, and then you know what? I'm uh, going to you know start my uh, career in the reserves, and and then, uh, I don't know, I my background's in healthcare, so I'm kind of trying to get into medical device sales or something like that. There you go. We'll see. I'm up for a challenge. I just love it. On resume, gold medal winner. Like, all right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's hard to beat. Application to the top. No. <laughs> Um, so, and you said you're living here in Phoenix mm-hmm. city. What was it about this community that you wanted to make this a home? You know, one part, I couldn't even fathom moving my stuff right now. <laughs> Excellent two, point. Okay. They, yeah. It's not easy moving. No. And, and you know, there's just something to be said about, you know, biting off more than you can chew at one point. So new career, new life, everything. I, I, uh, I really enjoy this community. They've been super supportive and, 
um, I definitely want to make it home for a while. So we'll see. Well, we, we love having you in the Bi-City yeah. area. Thank absolutely. You. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, consider yourself, consider the Chattahoochee Valley Thanks. home for you. I it's a hotbed it. of athletes. Oh, so, yeah. so absolutely. You're <laughs> definitely towards the top of that list now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, definitely goes down <laughs> the record books. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've lived my entire life here. I can't remember the last time we had an Olympic champion. Really? We got one now. Yeah. Hopefully um, you have more in the future. Hopefully we do have more. For, for you to bring the spotlight, though, to your sport, that, I'm, I'm sure that's really, really special. You know, you can't turn on ESPN every single day mm-hmm. and see shooting, but for you to, to, to be an icon of that sport, what is that, what is that like for you? You know, it's just awesome. I will say the, the best, some of the best people I've met uh, in sports have been through the shooting community, and they really do have big hearts and, and big aspirations and stuff to help to help people and uh you know one of the misconceptions about our sport is that it's dangerous but our sport is actually the s- one of the safest sports uh across the whole sports world so um there are a bunch of kids that are just getting involved in it and anything we can do to help uh get more people involved that's what we're here for that's one thing i also want to talk about i th- think it's just the misperce- misconception of it as well like you like you mm-hmm. brought up how much safety does play a huge yeah. part of it because i remember in the range drill yeah. sergeants would be all over oh, you yeah. if you even tried to do something silly Dumb, out there yeah but for you to have a you know have a woman athlete in yourself mm-hmm. in this sport that's got to be amazing for you to, to speak on that and to, to advocate for women as well like yes you can be a part of this sport yeah it's awesome you know i've uh we came up through junior a junior program and it took our parents you know teaching us right and wrong and and how to take the curiosity out of guns and stuff so i was very fortunate to have that environment but you know uh, a lot of us are big advocates and on that uh specific thing and and whatever we can do to to make it more accommodating for other people and and show that it, it is safe and fun at the same time and another thing that you've been able to do is kind of you know put out the efforts of the um army marksmanship mm-hmm. unit and uh, I think a lot of people are starting more and more as um, shooting becomes more of a popular sport during mm-hmm. the Olympics, you know, starting to learn more and more about what the Army Marksmanship Unit does. Yep. For those who, you know, may not know what they what the day-to-day is like for the marks, Marksmanship Unit, can you kind of give us kind of like the day-to-day of what it's like to be a member of that team? Yeah, so um, – a, a brief rundown of what our unit does. So we are uh, specifically trying to shoot and win domestic and international competitions. Um, we also support uh, recruiting and the sessions involved with that. Um, and when people aren't doing that, then they are actively teaching the rest of the Army population across all the units how to be more lethal. Kind of makes sense that, you know, the best shooter in the world comes from the United States military, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You know, and I, I come from a long line of it. Uh, my mom is actually in town. I was very surprised. Again, I thought she was going to, like, deliver me bad news or something <laughs> when she showed up like a bad at her, you know. But, uh, you know, it was really special. So they have this new painting uh, that all of the shotgun medalists have, and I they uh, added me into this painting, oh. and they gave her a copy of it and stuff. So it was just really really crazy and you know we have two other olympic gold medalists that have come out of my office one's still there and one is vincent hancock who uh won his third one so you know we have a long history of winning in that unit it was really really special to be a part of it at that time more olympics in the future for lieutenant english you know it's not out of the question we're, we're kind of at a standstill right now to see what the rest of the world is doing and and since uh this quad is normally four years now it's three because mm-hmm. of the delay um, we're just trying to see what the schedule is going to be and then what our process is going to be to make that Olympic team moving forward. So not out of the question. I'm just kind of going day by day, <laughs> week by week, and then <laughs> 
getting after it. So, you know, let's just, so if, you know, this is it, you know, for, for you, you know, what a career. What do you look back on besides the gold medal? You know, what do you take away from your um, shooting career? You know, I think even if this is it, I'll still be involved. And they can't get rid of me that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll uh, still be I'll still be around, whether that be if I can donate my time to get back on a board to help future uh, kids that want to have success or, or do whatever we can to make it a better sport than how we left it. Um, that's definitely the goal. And, you know, I just value all the relationships and, and the people that I've met along the way. And you just never forget that. And you, they're just lifelong friendships out of the whole deal across the world, really. And kind of piggybacking off of what you just what you just said, you know, it let's just say there are young people who see what you do and what the marksmanship unit do, and they feel like they want to get involved. How would you say they get involved? You know, you can go to usashooting.org and check it out, and there's a bunch of junior programs uh, that are probably close to your area. Um, that's a good way to start. And then, you know, reach out to people that you look up to. Reach, I mean, social media, have your parents reach out, yeah. whatever. I, I always answer questions or whatever I can. I know a lot of my teammates will do the same, and you'd be surprised at what they say back. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if the military is a, a thing for you, you can go to any of the army reserve or active duty stuff and just look, and that's not, you know, not just necessarily the army, but across all branches. So everybody's, uh, everybody's willing to take, take you in. On that note though, ar- go army, beat Navy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on um, that note. <laughs> I know that a lot of enlisted soldiers and NCOs like to give their LTs a hard time sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. ha- has it lightened up w- after the gold medal or is it still just another... Oh no, it's still the same. Of yeah, course, not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything different, though. It's, it's good. So. Um, you, your time at Fort Benning, though, how much have you? I mean, th- to have that as a training uh, ground, that must have been really special. So, how great was that? Just the community, how they supported you. It seems again, everyone. It seems like you guys really are family out there. At oh Fort yeah, Benning. we are. I'm like, you know, I told you I was gonna do it. You just didn't <laughs> believe me. I told you I was gonna do it, and then they were like, "Oh my god!" And so uh, yeah, it's been really a crazy experience, and it's it's. You know, I'm very fortunate to have their support and that they pushed me daily. Every day we pushed each other to be better. And, and a lot of it was going home upset uh, at how you shot that day because you did get beat by your teammates and you have to live with it. But um, it's just what you can do to be better and push each other every day. And I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing their success. And I think they're going to do really awesome here in the next few years. So... Being able to train at the facilities like Fort Benning compared to other places you, you've shot around the world, you know, how does it compare? And also, what is the, the probably the nicest place you've ever complete, competed at or the coolest place you've ever competed at? Oh, oh that's tough. Um, the One of the cool things about Fort Benning is just you have a lot more resources there being in the military uh you know, I shot as a civilian where we're cutting the grass and picking weeds and <laughs> doing all sorts of stuff and shooting and having civilian jobs, and it's just a lot. Uh, but here at Fort Benning, you know, they they really push excellence in, in that premier um, just shooting environment and what you need to do super well. So um, they, they take a lot of the burden of, of doing the other stuff so that we have the flexibility to do, do well. Um, but there is, you know, there's pressure that comes with it. You know, there's, you know, if you're not going to work hard, someone else will. So, um, but some of my favorite places to shoot, 
anywhere in Europe is always super competitive <laughs> because <laughs> it's like their, you know, their backyard for us. Mm. We we always deal with jet lag and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Um, I like shooting in Mexico. That's nice because we don't have jet lag. But, you know, one of the nicest ranges I've, you know, Tokyo was very, very nice. Right. The people were very nice and accommodating. The food was good. So I, have, I really have nothing bad to say about that. But I've been to so many different ranges across the world. Uh, another one, uh, Cairo, Egypt. Oh, a lot really of my nice. teammates have been sick there. I never had that experience, well, so I really like it there. <laughs> but, you know, it was really cool to see the pyramids and, and do that. So Wow. Any tricks to get over jet lag? Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most military just answer ever. Yeah. <laughs> just embrace the suck yeah. and suck it up. It's You're gonna, gonna be tired. You just gotta fight it. You know, they usually say um, the third day is kind of the worst. We just have to fight it and adjust as fast as you can. And then when you get home, if you don't want to fight it so bad, you don't have to. But oh uh, yeah, we you know we have a job to do. So you just yeah, everybody's dealing with it somehow. <laughs> I'm like my dad when it comes to jet lag. It's just like, if it hits us immediately, yeah. just I am a rock. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like her philosophy. You just go, just go for it. Just yeah. go for it. Like, you know, you know, you can sleep when you're done. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be tired, but everybody's that, tired. That so philosophy whatever. won her a gold yeah, medal. exactly. Guess it's proven. Have yeah. you shot? So did you shoot jet lagged at all in Tokyo? Yeah, you know, we didn't have that much time uh, before uh, just because the whole corona thing. So we showed up about six days before our event, and, you know, that was that was plenty of time. So we were, you know, I took – we flew in. I took the next day off just because I was like, you know, I'm not even going to be upset at myself. My eyes and my hands and my brain are, <laughs> are not connected yet. Mm -hmm. Kind of so, important for shooting. Yeah, I'm just going to wait a day. And then we started practicing, but you just can't – you know, if you shoot bad for the first few days, it's just your body kind of adjusting, and right. then, and then it's fine. You just gotta let it rip after that. <laughs> Congratulations again, though. That Thank I you. mean, wow, You're sitting across the table from a gold medalist, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I, I th that will never not be cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to be able to sit across a, a, a gold medalist who won gold for Team USA represents our country. In more ways than one. Thank you. Seriously, yeah. like just it's. It's an incredible honor to be able to speak with you. Thank you. And to be able to help tell your story. Yeah. Well, so it takes it takes uh, the support of everybody else behind us, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to speak to me and share my story. So, Absolutely. Uh, Rex, I know we're getting close to wrapping this bad boy up, but we have one question that we always like to ask. Oh, yeah, and we got to go medalist here, so maybe she can have the connections. Uh -oh. So we always love asking people, um, and with the caveat, you got to help us out with this. Okay. Who would you like to see on our podcast? Ooh, you know, like there's so many I'm supposed to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> totally up to you. I'm, I'm the last person to tell gold medalist what to do. Exactly. So. You know, I would like to see another member of the AMU on your podcast. Okay. We can make that happen. Yes. yes. With your help, obviously. It's like, yeah. hey, look, here's the thing. Someone we who won gold. do it. Yeah. We would you love know, that. I think it's cool to showcase our other Fort Benning soldiers and hear their stories. Everybody's got something different to say, and maybe it'll connect to somebody. Hey, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> we wanted this, that. That's what we wanted this platform to be is, you know, sometimes three minutes in a, in a newscast is great. Thank you, Connor, and all of our directors <laughs> yes. and producers back there. We love y'all. But, you know, th there's just times we really wanted to get to know you better uh, as a shooter, as a person, and, you know, your accomplishments. It, we were cheering for you back here when we could when we could yeah. have the TV on. And I think it was constantly on the Olympics the entire time. Right? Yeah, like, like when, when we fa found out that you were in the finals, we were like, right, okay, this is appointment television. <laughs> we have to make sure we watch this. And then when you won, 
it was it was a big deal down here too. Awesome. And man. and you know you got a lot of people down here that are pulling for you, are happy for you, are proud of you, proud that you know that you've made this your home. You know we're glad that you're here, and we you know are pulling for you and whatever you decide to do next. Thank you so much. And, you know, I was super involved in Colorado Springs in the community, and that's kind of one thing I look forward to is getting more involved in this community and in some of my downtime. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is, right? You know, yeah, I got some time. I always have time to do stuff like that, so that's a goal. Question for you also, have you watched it back? Have you watched I know some of the clips are on YouTube and stuff like that. It's kind of creepy to watch (laughs) it all back because you're like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Or, you know, people were talking about facial expressions and stuff like that. I'm like, no way. I wasn't doing that. that." And then you're like, yeah, I was. Actually, like, and I know exactly what I was thinking at that moment, too. So, you know, it it was the weirdest part is just seeing the, you know, what people were saying about you while you were shooting. So I watched one part of it. I have to watch the other the other stuff. I think there was one clip too that I thought was really funny. It's like, ah, oh, Amber missed that one. Like, wait, no, she didn't. No, yeah, she hit it. I, saw I, know, I, said that. I was like yelling at the TV when they said I missed it. I was <laughs> like, that wasn't true. I hit that target. And then the they came back and said, that I, hit it. I was like, no, I didn't. Well, it looks like we have our recommendation yet again, Jack. Miss uh, Lieutenant, thank you so thank much. You. you are thank you again for 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 sharing your time, serving our country. My gosh, the list is going on. Yes, <laughs> we might be here a while. We might be here, a while. but again, thank, <laughs> thank you, so you so much. much. Stick around for a little bit, but we got to wrap this up, don't we, Jack? Yeah. Yes, we do, Rex. It's about time. Thank you, Dylan, for hitting the music. Rex, where can the people find us? Well, thank you so much, guys, again, for joining us, for watching us here on WRBL.com. But you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I believe we're also... iHeart. iHeart as well. Shout out again to Dylan for the for the assist. Guys, please check us out on there. This was an incredible conversation. We always talk about being inspired. Jack, yet again. 13 inspired. for 13, man. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Share this stuff on social media. And Jack, where can they find us on social? Yes, you can find us on social media. You can find Rex at Rex Castillo TV on Twitter. I am at J Patterson TV on Twitter. You can find us WRBL Rex Castillo and WRBL Jack Patterson over on Facebook. And, of course, follow the News 3 Sports team at WRBL Sports on Twitter, WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook. Rex, take us home, my good brother. Guys, this is exactly what we wanted the podcast to be, an opportunity to get, you know, elite athletes, elite people that hopefully you can take away some inspirational stuff away from. Uh, again, as Jack mentioned, 13 for 13, right, Jack? Man, this is where we want this is exactly what we wanted to do to be able to talk to people learn their stories you know be inside their minds when they hit the greatest pinnacles in sports we have so many incredible athletes you've met 13 of them so far Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more to go baby 13 just getting started absolutely one from one golden patriot to another we're going to talk to another patriot coming up on our next podcast that's another tease we'll see you guys in a couple weeks right here on your sidelines see you in two weeks